Uh, Zippy's dude all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zippy's. They make lighters, and coincidentally, those flame too. <laughs> today is nick how's it going everybody hey nick so you know generally we have jake with us and rob has been coming by but jake and rob are not with us today however just us just the two of us but jake is at a fun fly and apparently they treated him like a rock star at this fun fly nice he he was all excited to tell me about it so what we're gonna do is he's driving home we're gonna have him call in when he can and uh, we'll have him tell us all about it. And we'll see if his, you know, on-the-road cell phone internet connection is better than the internet connection that he has, you know, at his house. Which is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> so we were off last week, dude. Didn't it feel strange? Didn't it, like, Monday roll around? Didn't you feel like, God, there's some- I'm forgetting something? It, I, I don't <laughs> think we should do that again. <laughs> it was really, it really just kind of set a weird tone for the whole week, don't you think? It was odd. Uh, at first, I was like, hey, you know, there you go. Take a week off. Everyone needs a break, right? Um, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's strange. It just it felt weird. It was like, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't feel right for me at all. It's almost like I forgot to feed the baby. <laughs> Something mildly important like that. It's like something's not right. And then I remember, see, here's my, my routine. It's Sunday nights. I, I do the editing. You know, it's a it's a fairly big job, and I generally start at around seven thirty. And I just remember, wow, I'm actually watching Harry's Law tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was it was just strange. It was just a strange, strange thing. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you guys who actually noticed that we didn't put out a show last week. Yeah. Um, l- let me give you a quick rundown of why that happened. Tell us the story, Dan. Well. I got a friend who likes alpacas, as I or as I like to call them, camels. And uh, so the deal was we were going to leave Friday morning, drive a couple thousand miles, I don't know, long ways anyway, pick up a, a couple camels, drive them to another part of the world, drop them off, pick a couple up, bring them back. So we get to where our final destination of Friday is. And by the way, I called Nick, or, or actually I, I, I sent Nick, Nick a te- text message. <laughs> and uh, he called me, or no, I said, hey, call me because my battery and my phone's about to go dead, and I need to talk to you. And he, I answered the phone, and I said, dude, I'm right in the middle of a crab. And and uh, <laughs> Dick was like, uh, okay. And then I said, dude, we don't have red lobster in Montana. He goes, oh, red lobster, crab. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said crap. <laughs> I did. It was a bad connection. I was like, wow, I didn't know we were at that friend level, but uh, okay, that's cool. So anyway, 
Anyway, uh, you know, we get we get to uh, Spokane. We drop these little miniature camels off, and I'm thinking, great, we're going to be able to be here first thing in the morning. Well, apparently in camel world, the day doesn't begin till 10, you know, a.m. or so. Of course, they got to sit around and talk about, <laughs> you know, I, f- I feel for those girlfriends, wives, friends that come to a helicopter event and they get to sit around and listen to their significant others, friends, talk about helis to their other friends. And they just kind of sit there like, wow, I have no clue. I feel like such an outsider. Well, that's yeah. how it was with me. They're sitting around, t- they're talking about micron levels and and fur and I don't know, craziness. But anyway, we it, it took all day. Didn't get a recording done. And the stars did just not, they just didn't align on Sunday for us. Nah, we tried. We but did, was, we did. It would have been bad. And, you know, I'm I'm of the mindset of, I would rather take our time and make sure we put out a good show than just try to rush one out. Yeah, you bet. So we decided to take the week off. And I know it felt strange. Jake knows. Jake told me it felt strange, and <laughs> it did. It really did feel strange. That's what happened last week. Um, this week, anything cool been happening, dude? Well, well did anything cool happen the week prior for you, dude? <laughs> I can't remember that week. I know, dude. It's all that. It's all that cough syrup you've been drinking. I know. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think anything drastic. No, I've been getting a little bit of flying in, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, messing around with, still got the KD review coming up for the 700XF motor. Just want to get it completely dialed in with, with the governor and, yeah, with having the castle on there, that's been a little bit of a challenge. I'm bouncing back and forth between revisions and just trying to find that that perfect sweet spot for it because I know it's not the motor. But, Yeah. Had a couple minor mechanical issues uh, with that heli that got all straightened straightened away, so that's nice. I did have a um, quite a little humbling and learning experience on my nitro. I got, I got taught by me, by ac- the way, by me. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> Come on, dude, throw me a bone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. By Dan. <laughs> there you go. You picked this one out. Yeah, I didn't really. Realize the importance of making sure that your clutch does not drag at all at an idle mm-hmm. or in throttle hold. Um, ever since I got this 700, it's always kind of had a little bit of a clutch dragging issues. And I've had, I've spread the clutch shoes on it and, you know, roasted liners on it. And it's just been kind of a plaguing problem. And so I kind of got used to it. Well, it makes a big difference when you're tuning when you're going out there really loading it, loading it, loading it hard and getting it in that high needle and then you hit throttle hold, well, when your clutch drags ever so slightly and you hit throttle hold, the engine will not return back to an idle smoothly. It will hang on the pipe and sound exactly like a lean condition. So here I've been kind of fighting this the tuning on this YS engine and it had absolutely nothing to do with the engine. It was the clutch. So last week I had my uh, couple of the bearings start to get squeaky and nasty in the clutch block. So I pulled that out, put some new bearings in, and decided to sand down the liner a little bit more. And the clutch itself looked good. Got it all to where it did not hang it at idle. And then, hey, what do you know? I could tune the motor. 
and it's nice to have some power back where it should have been for quite some time. Well, you know, here's the here's the story behind that. You got me so gun shy when you called me on my 22 degrees of pitch. <laughs> that Othello. I just I just didn't want to say anything to you. Yeah. So I was just like, what a noob. Listen to that guy. Listen to that guy's tune. I mean, you saw my tune. Oh, yours was dead on. Mm-hmm. It was great. I don't even think I moved it one <laughs> click once we got the pitch out of there. <laughs> now, hey, I learned something too this week, dude. Since we both yeah. were talking about learning things. I guess it was actually not this week. It was the week before. If you're gonna bind with throttle hold on, you should remember that you did that. Yes. Do you remember? I was calling you and I was trying to figure out why that throttle servo was holding. Yes. <laughs> on power up. I was like, what in the shit is going on? And anyway, what I did was I inadvertently when I bound it, apparently I had throttle hold on and it just messed up the works. Besides the learning thing, dude, anything else happen uh, the last couple of weeks for you? Yeah, we had, um, let's see, was that two? No, I can't remember. I did a demo today, this morning, at the Linden Flying Club. Oh, yeah, and you, that one actually did happen the weekend we didn't record, too, the other one you mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did the first one out at um, uh, Red River. It's a Planker Flying Club out there by us. They asked a couple of us to come out there and do a demo, uh, just like a noontime demo. That wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. Demo flying's for for anyone that hasn't done it. It's a lot different. It's not what you think. People think, "Oh man, I I couldn't fly a demo. I don't, you know, get out there and fly smack." It's not about that. It's about you know doing stuff that people can relate to, and something that looks cool to a person who doesn't fly a helicopter. Uh And and that's pretty easy to confuse for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, double peril flips are really cool to someone who can fly, but to a crowd that's not near as exciting as doing just a super low, smooth, inverted pass down the runway. I mean, they just think that's like, holy cow, look at that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that that one went really good. And then we did one yet at the Linden Flying Club today. Um, so I think the Linden City Council people were out there. It was for some big tractor pull event, and it rained. But we flew anyway. I did actually, um, Phil, uh, who's been on the show before, he actually directed me to a video that was done at that first event you talked about. Oh, really? Yeah, and we might get a show note up to that, but I do have a comment about that. Mm-hmm. Whoever made that video, if their goal was to make the rest of the world think that everybody that flew their planks at that event really didn't know how to land, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> because he succeeded. And here's the deal. I'm sure there were a ton of good landings. But I watched that video, and practically every planker that came in struggled with a bounce or a tip. It was it was really windy. Was it really windy? Okay, that explains. Yeah, that explains no, it was. It was really because I had we don't get to fly off of concrete very much, and I saw that concrete runway, and I was like, oh yeah, blade scrape. Here we go. Definitely doing a blade scrape at the demo, and I came in to do a blade scrape, and I was hovering at like thirty degrees on the cyclic, and I'm going, ooh, 
this probably not work. And then, so then I just took it out up over to the tall grass and just mowed this huge trough down the middle of the tall grass. And everybody thought that was really cool. So, I mean, it's simple stuff like that, but yeah, it was windy. All right. Well, that, that makes sense then because I was noticing, I did see someone had a lawnmower, a flying lawnmower. Did you see that while you were there? Yeah, they couldn't get it going. That was going right in front of us and uh, they couldn't get it. I've seen, I've seen videos of them online though but uh no they didn't have that one going that guy had a whole bunch of weird flying stuff so Flankers, you know yeah i just got a text from jake and he says he's night flying right now so he can't call in what a, ah, yes what a bastard that guy i know he just doesn't know where his pretty you know what just in case he doesn't call in i'm gonna kind of give you guys a little bit of a preview and hopefully next week he can elaborate apparently wherever jake is at is full of challenged people because they think he's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> he he texts me, says, "Man, it's really crazy. It's like, you know, they, they, I did an interview with the local newspaper, and I'm thinking, is there like 50 people in that town? <laughs> There's just not a lot of news going on. That's hard. No, I know. I'm just giving you shit, Jake. Um, I, from all accounts, he had a lot. He had a, a great time. I'm hoping that he gets on the road and gives us a call before we finish." But if not, I'm sure we'll hear all about it next time. Well, then I think it's time for some news. Let's do some news. Let's, let's, let's do some news. Let's do that. I think we should do some news. Yeah, yeah. side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout or just dumb thumbs? One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com So a line has released the price on the on the almighty 700 EDFC kit. Um, they're doing MSRP at $17.99, which I know you. <gasps> I heard that. Oh, that's that's yeah, you did. Is that the one with the HV service? Yes, it is. But more than likely, street price will probably end up. Uh, I'm gonna guess fifteen and a half. Round in there, so probably about three hundred bucks more than the current one. But I mean, for the differences in the heli, uh, I I still think it'll be pretty tough to beat. Really? Yeah, I do. It's it's got a lot of. They just kind of sat back with this one. I mean, the DFC head, direct to swash servos, sliding battery tray. It's got the newer 750 MX motor, all the new high voltage servos in it. You know, all the new fancy tail upgrades and everything they've been doing. It's kind of all in one package. So as long as they don't have any issues, uh, should be a pretty good solid heli. Two things. Two things. I'm wondering, Nick, if you've got a banner above your bed that says, if it ain't aligned, it ain't mine. Do you <laughs> no. have one? Okay, you don't? No. <laughs> the second thing is, um, did you see the MSRP on those HV aligned servos? 
Yeah, they are really proud of those. Who is going to pay $169 for an Align Servo? Probably no one. When they've been running HV through the 610s forever. Yeah. No, I agree. It's that that one. Yeah, I, I don't think that was particularly the, the smoothest move on their part, but who am I to judge? None of us. We're None of us are here to judge. We're non-judgmental here at RCHN. Yeah. Promise. Yeah. I promise yeah. we are. Yeah, right. Goddamn compass flyers. <laughs> ah, sons ah. of bitches. Uh, okay, so Spectrum, if you go out and purchase a DX6i right now, you can get two AR61115E receivers for free. Got a little promo going on, a bunch of Park Fire receivers. So, you know, if you're thinking about making that switch over to Spectrum, uh, you know, you're kind of doing the foamy deal and you got a couple smaller smaller helis or planks, then uh, a nice little tidbit there help you. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikado's got 5.3 version out now. Um, they finally got the uh, Spectrum decoder all figured out. They were having problems uh, with the uh, 11 millisecond and 20 millisecond settings on the DSMX. Uh, with the satellites, but looks like they got that all straightened away. Um, there were some complaints with 5.2 and 5.1 on the, the hovering stability, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, they had a little bit of drifting issues in there. They got that all taken care of. Um, and then I know a lot of the the uh, the speedrun guys had complained and had actually been switching over to different flybarless systems uh, for doing high-speed stuff. So apparently they addressed that on this one as well. Um, made some governor changes and like error reporting in the logging on the governor. They got that fixed. So yeah, should be a pretty solid release. This has nothing to do with the V-Bar, but it kind of has something to do with Mikado. Now, <clears throat> this is old news. And certainly, I'm, you know, we've talked about the extreme before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I happened to just be surfing through some random heli videos and I caught a video of Jamie Robinson. Was it? No. No, that's wrong. Video of Kyle Dahl. Mm-hmm. Down in Barstow, California. You've seen it. I'm sure you have. Kind of talking about his 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 uh, logo. Yeah. This right after they first came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've not really ever really looked at that. Hel- that is one ugly helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just ugly. I, let's just call a spade a spade. I don't, I, I don't like the... The paint scheme on the canopy just yes. kills it for me. It looks like one of those little potato bug things, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like it has scales. Yeah, I don't I don't really care yeah. for that. Anyway. It, yeah. It's sweet, but okay, so the the big news of a couple weeks ago, which I just I'd feel guilty if I didn't mention it, but then you're gonna get my opinion. That artist that took his cat that died. And put it on a quadcopter. Yeah, this disturbs me. It's that's messed up in so many different ways. Yeah, his name's Bart Jansen. He's a Dutch artist, and stuffed his cat Orville. <laughs> I um, when I first saw saw that, I thought it was a joke. Yeah, no. And, I, uh, I agree. look, I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do. Personally, I you know, you, you, there's no surprise to you listeners and to Nick. You guys all know I'm a cat person. And I just 
was so turned off by that in a big way. It really was not. It, it's got to be the tackiest, just nastiest, most inappropriate thing I've seen in this hobby yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I don't see any purpose by it. I think it's dumb. And it, it I mean, I personally think that it really sheds a negative light on the hobby that there are people involved like that. Usually we like to keep those kind of guys hidden. You, you know, but this, this guy snuck out and got into some news. He's <laughs> like the crazy uncle that you keep in the back room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Don't let Timmy go near Uncle Bob. <laughs> uh, so they've got... Um, I was all the ones, now th this video just cracks me up, but I'll get to that part. So I was the one talking smack about the new co-pilot being, yeah, yeah, not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Skeptical. I know you're laughing already. Um, so, so Skyball Productions, they did a video of it in action. Now, okay, first I'm going to focus on. The I'm going to mute my mic because this is just not going to go well for me. <laughs> Okay, so first I'm going to focus on the actual product. Wow, I'm impressed. I take back all the stuff that I said. If it works like it did in that video, I really do think that it's going to change. It, it could potentially change the hobby. It works awesome. I was really impressed with how quickly the heli reacted. They put it into just about every different kind of orientation you could, and it snapped back around fast. Um, so... I, I'm, I would be really stoked to, to actually see one in person, get a chance to mess with it. Um, probably be a little scary at first, but if it will, I do think it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> the video itself. <laughs> oh, the accents. Oh, geez. It was funny. It's humorous. It's it is. really humorous. If you haven't seen it, just check out the link in the show notes because I almost can't even put it into words. No, you can't. And I can tell you this. When I watched it, I couldn't finish watching it because it, it uh, you want to talk about stereotypes. <laughs> um, probably and the Jack nice, and Philip are awesome. I Jack was going to say, Phillip. probably the nicest guys in the world. Absolutely. But just because you have a video, and I've said it before, just because you have a video camera doesn't mean you should use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just, we'll skip past that one, but check out the video though. For sure. Watch the video um, just for the product portion of it. And then as you get later on, you'll get the entertainment value. I smell a spoof. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We can't let that one go. No. Sorry. Something's got to be done. Yeah, That'll if be you're going to put it on the T, I'm going to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, congratulations, Tarek is now, he's officially going to be rocking Gen Z stuff. I guess he's kind of finally settled in. I know he's flown in a lot of different packs and uh, messed around a lot of different stuff, but he has joined the Gen Zace team. And on the other side of it, Bert... Um, has joined the Pulse Ultra team. So I'm so torn now, dude. I don't know which batteries to get now. Oh my gosh. Such I, a dilemma. I know. It's <laughs> tough. No, I already know which brands I'm gonna get. Yeah? Neither. What are you gonna get? Uh Zippies, dude, all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zippies. They make lighters and coincidentally, <laughs> those flame too. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I like OptiPowers. Yeah. I haven't flown a set. I, I mean, I would like to. I think it'd be cool. But uh, I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm, I've been happy with the Gen 6 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's also um, a spy shot of the new upcoming Goblin size. Dude, I'm getting so weary of Goblin news. Oh, my God. Are they, I know. Is it like the second coming? Goblin? Helicopters? <laughs> it could be, yeah. Is it? It's just that. If Incredible. they make out a, a, a 666 size, that's it. <laughs> I, I'm out. <laughs> it's like, and this one rose on the third day. Yeah. Nah, it's sketchy. It looks gonna, little. looks like a 500 or a 550. It's yeah, hard to tell. Yeah. They're going to have one of every size eventually. We, you know that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's expected. I mean, people are liking them. Why not? I suppose. Yeah. I think it'd be... I mean, if you're really into the Goblin thing, you absolutely love... Flying your 700, then why would you not want to be able to have a 500 or a 450 to throw around, you know, when you can't get out and fly the big one? So that's cool. I got no beef with it. Um, big congratulations to Dieter. Uh, he is now a proud papa. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Brennan Allen Butler, born on 6-12-2012, p.m. Beautiful. Beautiful baby boy. Everyone's doing good, so... Congratulations, dude, man. So I have a little bit of a story. It has something to do with that. Now, when I was doing the little camel jockey trip, mm-hmm. um, turns out the hotel we were staying at in Spokane was five miles away from Dieter's place. Oh, cool. And uh, it was Monday night. That can't be right. Friday night. Yeah, it was Friday night because that was the night I was over there. And uh, I walk in the house. I knock on the door. She's laying on the couch. Two weeks past due. And she just was like, I want it out. <laughs> I mean, she just was like misery, like get this thing out of me. Oh. So anyway, she looked ready, ready to go, and uh, they induced on Tuesday. Everything went well. Mama's home. Baby's home. Dieter's tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, congratulations, dude. Newest member of RCHN. Congratulations. Absolutely. I have a little bit of news that doesn't really have to do with anything. Okay. Um, I kind of mentioned it on Facebook. I decided that, uh, you know, I've talked about trying Futaba for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Jake went and did his, uh, this one I broke. So I overnight on a second one to my house because I can't wait. Yeah. So, and you know, he said some things in his, his initial thoughts of it that really got me thinking, uh, I've held Futabas and, and one thing I do know is they are small. In yeah. my hands, they're small. So I pulled the trigger, dude. Oh, yeah. I got one coming. It'll be here on Tuesday. I'm jealous. An 8FG. So I put a little note up on the uh, on the Facebook page and uh, got quite a bit of little response. People kind of uh, telling us what they consider to be their favorite brand of radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you one thing. That 8FG is going to have to impress me. To the max. I mean, because yeah. I love my 9303. But I'm just tired of wondering, uh, did I make a mistake when I started? Yeah, yeah. That's fair. And uh, there's only one way to find out, and that's to try one out and see what I think. You got it. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I would, yeah, I just need to pull the trigger and do it. Too much going on this summer, man, traveling all oh. over the place. No kidding, right? You guys dragging my ass everywhere, I swear. 
Well, it's the least we could do. Yeah, I know. Taking away all that fun money. But that's all right. No, I'll, I would, um, yeah, because of the way I hold my hands, the way I pinch, traditionally I haven't been able to fit my fingers between the top, my ring fingers between the top two switches on any of the Futaba's radios. And I still can't on the 8FG, but it's such a shallow radio that I could actually get my fingers up behind uh, in the back. And so it just from getting a chance to quickly hold one, I think I might be able to make it work. I like the shorter stick throws on it. Um, so I think that's my plan. Probably just have to pull the trigger one of these days and get one, try it out. And I would, I want it to work. Right. Because I would prefer to fly a Futaba. Right. Uh, well, let me tell you, let me give you, let me give you a little bit of maybe something to look forward to. If I get this radio and I just cannot stand it, I mean, just initially just cannot stand it, mm-hmm. I'll send it to you when you guys Okay, cool. So, any more news or what are we doing? Hi, this is Courtney from South Florida, and you're listening to RC Heli Nation. Lock it in and rip the knob off. So let's. Uh, we do have a topic tonight, but there's there's quite a bit of other stuff we want to talk about. Uh, in particular, I got a message from a listener, and in my haste, in the copy and paste, see that? See what I just did there? That was a rhyme, dude. Yeah. I should be a rapper. Yeah. G. <laughs> That's right. I'm OG. So I got this message, and I'm sorry I did not get your name. Uh, wanted me to talk about the Fusion 50. Now that I've had it for a while, I've been flying it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, I've been talking quite a bit about Ed 600, so I've been flying that as well. Kind of a direct comparison uh, from my viewpoint, which would not be necessarily the viewpoint you should take any heart in. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'll give it a shot. Cool. Um, first off, the Fusion feels to me to be a lot more responsive um, and quicker than the EFL. I, I think the, the T-Rex to me, conversely though, the T-Rex to me feels feels very, very rock solid and smooth and stable. But keep in mind, part of that is due to the programming uh, because we have Ed set up really, really tame. Mine set up not, you know, expert, but definitely a little less tame than Ed's. So that probably accounts for that. My initial thoughts on the on the Fusion, very nice looking heli. Very excited to get flying it more. But I got to tell you, and I've been talking to Nick about this, and I know it's a mental thing. It's just in my head. For some, some reason, and I had the same problem with the Gowie, whenever I do things that I normally can do with the Nitro, I just lose the orientation. And I have to panic for a second and recapture it and bring it in to give it a fair shot to give it a fair comparison really is a little premature i can tell you that i did attempt an auto with it and disappointing in it wasn't a good auto it bounced but i didn't have any head speed but a gear did manage to just bust in half and i was really shocked considering the fact that i had no head speed um that it did that so we'll see uh, 
And, and I was talking with um, a rep, uh, an outrage rep from Australia, and he mentioned that, you know, the white gears had a tendency to just kind of break a tooth. They were just not holding up or well. Then they kind of went to the extreme with the new black ones. They, they're not mushy, but they are brittle. They don't just strip a tooth. They bust in half. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be the case. I know some of the guys. I'll have to touch bases with Jody and find out. He boiled his last set. Oh. And I remember doing that trick um, on 450s. And, and like my Trix 450 Pro and 500 when I was first learning and kind of bouncing it around all on the over landing the place. Gear. On the landing gear. Yeah, right? you yeah, would yeah. boil the right. landing gear to soften them up a little bit. So that was kind of the the rumored new give this a shot for those tail gears to see if they couldn't take a little bit of the riddle out of them. Right. And so, I don't think he stripped one since then, but I don't know. I may have to talk to him about that. But initially the question is, how do how do they how do the helis perform compared to each other? And it's a little premature, but I I think when it comes right down to it, in a very capable pilot's hands, I really don't think that you're going to notice that much of a performance difference. I think they're both fantastic helis. Mm-hmm. So I think they're different com- aesthetically. Yeah, definitely different. I really really like the look of the Outrage, and yes. I also like the fact that it is a cheap fix. Yeah, hope oh, that's you know that's a really big key. It is way I've stuffed. I had a six hundred EFL and I've had a Fusion fifty, and I had a one way bearing failure on the six hundred very shortly after I got it, and that was one very expensive crash, like big time. It was a very not cheap, more 700-ish cost heli to crash. And I like that the Fusion just looked a little bit bigger in the air. Tail boom's longer. If you're going to run a lower head speed with it, you don't have to run 105s on the tail yeah. like you do with the 600. But the the battery tray on the 600 is awesome. I love that. That is pretty slick. I do like that. That is kind of a neat setup. Yeah. Um, this listener goes on to ask about the MCPX conversion. Now, it is done. And I want to thank Hawker Conversions for doing that. And Dieter did finish putting that together. I, however, have decided that I absolutely hate those small little helicopters <laughs> and essentially refuse to fly it uh, just just out of uh, spite. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to box that little baby up with about six batteries. I'm going to send it over to Nick. And um, Nick's going to give it a once-over and uh, kind of give us his thoughts on it. Now, the listener goes on to ask me, he's trying to decide if uh, he should do a conversion or just keep it stock. And he's asking, first of all, he's asking me this, okay? Do I think it's worth it? Hell no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Look, by the time you put all this extra money into this MCPX, you could have just bought a Gowie X2. Or the new 130 that's coming, or, or something else, <laughs> you know, a BB gun to, to shoot at the neighbor's cat. Something else that'll give you some more enjoyment. Don't, I don't know, dude. I, it, I'm not a big fan of the conversions. There's no question. A lot of people sure have learned yeah. off of those helis, though. Not, you know, and that's, that's my bullheadedness coming through. MCPX, Sims, and Compass Helicopters. <laughs> 
<laughs> all three, all three things, which, by the way, just for everyone's record, are very valuable to this hobby. <laughs> uh, there was a there was a quick mention on our on our forums about that. Uh, someone asking me again, asking me, yeah, if they should get a compass. And what's your beef with compass? Well, you know, I thought about telling that story, but I, I'm going to give an abridged version because, frankly, the whole story has a lot to do with the dark ages of our alienation. And mm-hmm. I just don't want to bring all that crap up. Yeah. Suffice it to say that I had interactions with some higher ups in compass that I would deem negative. <laughs> and I had a couple compasses, had a compass night, uh, had a six HV. I refused to fly them or buy them. That's all. It's that simple. I'm not saying they're not good helicopters. I'll give you shit if I see you find one. Just ask Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Jesse knows. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it, it's it's part of my charm. What can I say? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have anything against them. Uh, I just I just for whatever reason have ch- they're in my sights for whatever reason and I just haven't let it go. I hold grudges. Well, I'll be fair. And say that I think that they're the newer generation of them. They're they're good helis. Yeah, and I don't doubt that. I mean, they, you know, I don't doubt that. And I also don't doubt the validity of an MCPX. Uh, I I can honestly see, I can honestly tell you that the MCPX helped me maintain my skill through the winter. There's no question. Mm-hmm. The frustration level of it was just so high. I just don't like dealing with it. And we all know my opinion on the sim. We don't need to rehash that. Yeah. Although, begrudgingly, I do have to say, the sim's helping, and I am simming uh, on a regular basis. Now, we'll just keep that between us. No one needs to know that. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> Here's one more of your your epic complaints mm-hmm. that you have to wipe off your list. Oh, okay. yeah. What now? Yeah. So many of them, it? I forgot them all. What, what's this one? Yeah. The... Uh, yeah, <clears throat> where's the gasser? <clears throat> where's the whiplash gasser? Oh. It's shipped. Okay, Yach. yeah, it's shipped. It's shipped. But let's let's hide and watch and see what happens. Okay, no, I'm just saying you can't make your your old complaint. You'll have to come up with a new one. It's no, it's it's no longer a myth. No, it's not a myth. It's a real helicopter. Wow. Yeah. It is, and the it made elusive. it out before the, let's see, the Avant. The Avant Aurora Nitro. <laughs> yep, and the TSA. <laughs> the elusive whiplash gasser, seen yep. here in its native environment. Yes. <laughs> it's like a documentary for PBS. Yeah. Crikey. <laughs> grazing. I think I'll go touch it. <laughs> it's grazing on two-stroke oil. No, that's cool. I Look, I actually... I will end up with a whip, whip with, with a whip. <laughs> My name is Dan. <laughs> How are you? I will end up with a whiplash at some point. I just want to wait for the rest of you lab rats to figure out the issues. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't think there's ever been a heli released ever that hasn't had some sort of something. I Agree completely. And I have high hopes and aspirations for the whiplash gasser. I want that helicopter to succeed 
more than you can imagine. And and here's why. I've, I have no affiliation with miniature aircraft. And I've said it on the show before, miniature aircraft, helipros, these are all Montana businesses. And I'm a Montana kid, born and raised. I, yeah. am, I am completely in support of any business that happens in this state. For that reason alone, I want it to succeed. That's all there is to that. That's fair. <laughs> Hometown. We need to talk a little bit, too, before we get into our... Jeez, man. On and on these idiots go. Will they ever just get to the point? Yeah, well, don't miss an episode, and then we won't have this problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen over the next few weeks. It's going to be a little strange because we don't even know what's going to happen. So Monday morning, I'm leaving to go to Gillette, Wyoming. We're going to do a fun fly out there. Well, not Heli Nation. The club in Gillette's doing a fun fly. Uh, I'm taking a Todd Bennett 3D class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you guys will get to kind of hear a firsthand kind of rundown of what happens there. I'm thoroughly hoping that he gets me to 58 degrees on the tail end hover. I'm pretty sure he will. We got faith. We do have faith. Um, much like the show in Othello, uh, we're going to record a show there. Uh, Nick's not going to be there. Jake's not going to be there. And we're going to be relying on a hotspot internet. So we're going to test it out and see if it works. Hopefully we can get these guys there. If not, what we're going to do is just record. Ed's going to be there. So he'll be there for common relief. Oh God. Uh, Ed will be on the show. Probably Jack. We'll probably get, try to get Todd Bennett on the show. Um, and a couple other people, and we'll kind of do the same thing we did in Othello. That was kind of a fun show. We're going to work on that. Uh, the following week, I'm not driving the 950,000 miles back because of the fun f- the weekend uh, after that is Helipros. And um, so I'm going to stick around out there, hang out with those guys, do some flying. That show, really don't know what's going to happen for that show. Uh, we might try to beg and plead to let uh, some stranger... And let me come into their house and record a show and they'll look at me funny as I'm dragging all this equipment in but uh, hopefully we come up with a solution um, maybe Jake and Nick will just do a show yeah and um, they'll put one out uh, without me <laughs> <laughs> I, I could I could feel the tears from here because <laughs> yeah you could feel it yeah the I disappointment and the bottom lips start quivering yeah the, the resentment, the, the smell of resentment and fear. <laughs> Doesn't smell like nitro. Doesn't smell like nitro. So we're going to try to put that show, you know, just be patient with us. And then, of course, the following week, however, that's going to be a good show. Now, we're going to try to do something a little special for that show. Um, we're working on kind of a live format idea. Um, we're going to be experimenting with some things. And um, you guys should really look forward to that show because I think it's really going to be good. Oh, yeah. Nick's going to be there. It's going to be a live show. Uh, We're going to try to get a couple pros in on the conversation. Um, Maybe get uh, uh, Chris London from Miniature Aircraft. And um, we can give him shit about the late release of the gasser. I got to talk to him this week. He's a cool dude. Yeah, very nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look forward to that episode. That's kind of what's going to be happening for the next few episodes. So 
your guess is as good as mine as to whether or not it's going to work, but a little off the wall, but we'll, we'll get it. Yeah, you know, we'll. Uh, I'm sure you know we we have a tendency to uh, get creative when it comes to this kind of stuff. We'll get something going. Yeah, I went to a fun fly today. Um, it was a planker fun fly. It's a lot like going to the dentist. So I don't know if I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago I hit a turkey with my truck. What? Yeah, it didn't really hit my truck. I'm driving along the river, and, and, you know, on the river bottom, and uh, drive past a bridge abutment, and this turkey jumps out of nowhere, dude. Like, I want to die. Just literally. Like yeah. Off the bridge? No, like behind the bridge abutment. Like, oh. you're driving by the bridge, and you get to the other side of the bridge, and just. You he know, was you, scoping you. Totally, dude. He's just, He wanted to die. Well, he hit my mirror. And it's all all he did was bust that mirror, not off, but it was just dangling. So I went to try to like, well, what can I do here? Well, I gotta see if we can try to tape it. And as I was trying to do all that, it fell off. So we're we're on our way to Missoula this morning. Forty mile drive, not a big deal. Two lane highway the whole way. But uh, you know, I'm pulling a tra- I'm pulling a big trailer without trailer mirrors. And for those of you who aren't familiar, trailer mirrors are mirrors that extend out right mm-hmm. so you can see what's happening because if you use your regular mirrors all you're kind of seeing is the corner of your trailer well i have to get into the left lane and i'm like well shit how am i going to get back because i all i'm seeing is a big black hole right in the mirror there's no so my buddy fred goes hmm well let me take a look so he takes his hat off kind of sticks his head out the window says shit i can't really see around the trailer i said well here here's the mirror <laughs> so we're going down the highway dude 65 miles an hour rolls down the window grabs onto that mirror with a man grip leans out the window <laughs> and he goes you're clear you're clear and he's he's watching what's happening behind me so could you picture this you're going down the road and you see some guy leaning way out the window holding the mirror and you're the car behind him going oh i'm gonna back away from these dudes remember you were just talking about being from montana <laughs> That was my. That's the not so bright side. (laughs) That was my white trash mirror story. Wow, that was a lot of fun. Uh, On another note, Ed crashed his five hundred this week, dude. Oh God, he's solo. He's going solo with that uh, with that bad boy. And uh, I was sitting in the trailer working on the fusion, and uh, he's out in the field flying, and I got that ramp door, and I'm just wrenching, and all of a sudden. I hear loud and clear a helicopter. <laughs> and so I look up and look down the flight line and he's hovering over the driveway because <laughs> he's he <laughs> lost. So I get up and watch and uh, sure enough, he he didn't quite make it back. So Ed's 500 is down. Hopefully it doesn't take us three weeks to get it back together. Oh. Or I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we'll, wait, we'll wait till Holly Pros and let, and let Nick fix it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just going to become tradition. Yeah. We'll just yeah. be sure to start crashing our helicopters about two weeks before we're yeah, supposed to meet up. With Dan's out there spreading the word to all the locals. Oh, no, no, dude, don't worry about it. Next weekend, we'll just take it to Ali Pros. It's okay. Nick will fix it. <laughs> um, so we had a little giveaway. Yeah. And nobody knows about it. Well, a few of you know about it because a few of you are subscribed to our newsletter. And it's over. It's been done. Uh, we've given away uh, 
a step down pro from perfect regulators. Now here's the deal. We had a little contest, simple contest, real easy. Um, give us a t-shirt idea and the best one wins. And the winner of that contest is Calvin is his name. Calvin gave this, gave me this idea. We had, um, a few entries, not as many as I'd like to see, but you know, there's not a whole lot of you subscribed to the newsletter. So now there's a reason for you guys to subscribe to that newsletter. Yeah, uh, giving away stuff. Don't even know it. Yeah. You guys didn't even know it was happening. And uh, it took everything in my power to get Nick not to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were able to keep it secret. Um, Calvin writes in, the t-shirt uh, idea would be to have in big text, fly hard. And there would be a small picture of two guys, one with a transmitter in his hand and a bulge in his pants. <laughs> and the other would be saying, is that a gun in your pocket? Are you really happy to fly that heli? So his idea was the best, but Calvin, we're going to amend that idea a little bit. And we're going to, it's going to say RCHN on top and fly hard on the bottom. And just a picture with a dude standing there looking in the air with a transmitter in his hands and a big old Woody in his pants. And it's going to say fly hard. So <laughs> thank you. do it. Thank you, Calvin, for the idea. And thanks everybody else for uh, submitting your ideas. Okay. Jake just texted me and. He doesn't know where he's at, so he can't call in. I've had a couple mornings like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering if he just didn't decide to stay and drink. Yeah. We'll have uh, Jake. Jake will be back, and uh, he'll tell us all about it. So, again, thank you for uh, submitting those ideas, guys, and um, be sure to sign up for that uh, giveaway or that newsletter because you never know. You might be missing a kick-ass giveaway. And that pretty much covers the odds and ends. Of this I have one week. more. Oh, do you? Yep. We, we need to click. We got a five-buck bet. All right? Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Standings for XFC, because by the time this airs, all the results will be up. I can tell you that right now, as of Saturday, Nick Maxwell is in first. Jamie Robertson, Bobby Watson, third. These are the Saturday results. Kyle yeah. Stacy, Kyle Dahl, Colin Bell. Who are you picking? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Nick Maxwell. I well, how are we supposed to bet if we pick the same person? Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with uh, since you're gonna pick him, I'm gonna go with who I think I think Bobby could pull it off. You think so? I think he could. Well, this is I'm going with Nick, and I I think it's the Thunder Tiger thing. You think so? I do. Well, I think didn't wasn't he ahead last year and? had mechanical issues that forced him to sit out the last round last year. Yeah, he had fire, fire. <laughs> Wasn't he like um like not just a little bit ahead but like way way ahead? That I'm not sure. But see, he's got like I mean, no no disrespect, but no heli to hold him back. So, this apparently the Thunder Tiger, he can beat it. I think we should analyze that statement. No heli to hold him back. Hmm. He can fly that helicopter as hard as he can fly it, and it will keep up with him. Okay. How there about you, that? There you go. Yep. That sits a little bit better with me. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I care. So that's what I'm cheering for. Hopefully I won't be made a fool of. All righty. Well, I'm taking Bobby. Okay. And it's five buck bet. All right. All right, dude.
So Dan, uh, we've been talking a lot about nitros. I'm thinking I might want to get one. Oh yeah, what are you thinking about? I was thinking about that Velocity N2. Yeah, that's a that sounds like a pretty good helicopter. You know, Bert's been making a lot of great changes over there. In particular, that main gear a lot of people were complaining about. They've got a new one, so I, I think if you take a close look at that helicopter, I think you might find product that you really like there, man. Sweet, I'll check it out. Outrage N2 available at a hobby shop near you. So this week, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about power systems um, and electronics and all this good stuff. Various flight packs, regulators, BEC or not BEC, HV current draws, is HV even worth it, and power bus type stuff. So when we're talking about power systems, uh, a question that comes to mind for a lot of guys, a receiver pack or a BEC? In the past, I've generally run receiver packs, but currently I'm trying out a an HVPEC from Perfect Regulator. And actually, I'm really liking this little unit. So I'm thinking um, for myself, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of try the BECs out for a while and kind of see what I like, or see how I like them, and I think they're gonna turn out pretty well. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know that I actually have an opinion on which one is better. I don't really have a lot of electric experience, so we're gonna go ahead and let you, Nick, tell us. What is the best option? And is it dependent upon your flight style? Flight style, no, not really. It all depends. It's kind of a personal preference thing. You know, the the first thing that I look at when I'm going to advise someone on using a receiver pack or a BEC is do you have experience with electric helicopters? Generally, when you're making this decision, it's on a larger, like... Either a 600 or a 700 size heli, which needs to be respected big time. Um, I actually, coincidentally, recently was just chit-chatting with uh, uh, one of our members and listeners about that. He's building the Goblin. This is his first electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been hardcore traditional nitro guy, very comfortable with nitro, not so comfortable with electric. In that in that situation, I will actually lean towards a receiver pack for safety. Here's the reason. You can always switch over to a BEC later. It's not that hard. But a receiver pack allows you to go through all your setup, especially when you're not 100% comfortable you know, with programming ESCs, getting make sure your throttle holds right, making sure you understand how they arm, Um. And then if you're going to be messing around with your fly barless system and setting up the mechanics on your heli, it's really nice to be able to do it with a receiver pack because then you don't have your main flight packs plugged in and it's just a lot safer. Uh, usually the people who are coming from a nitro background, the whole argument about, well, yeah, but then you don't have to remember, you know, to charge another battery. That's not an issue anyway because it's an old, it's a habit already. Right. Um a lot of times it'll kind of depend on the layout of the heli. Some helis are set up CG-wise to where they need some extra weight out on the nose. In that case, then just run a receiver pack. Um, once you get past that comfort level to where you feel comfortable with it, it, the biggest thing is usually the ESC calibration, going through that process, learning how it arms, getting the motor direction set up, all that sort of a deal. Once you get past that and, and you feel comfortable uh, then BECs are awesome. I mean, they are. They're they're the plug and play. You never think about it. 
You plug in, all you have to worry about is your flight packs. They're lighter, they're smaller, which can be another thing on some helicopters. It's hard to find a location to put a receiver pack, you know, and then how big do I want to go? Well, some people don't want to mess with charging it, so they'll put one on there big enough that'll let them fly all day long. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of weight. Doesn't It's not hard to get half a pound, three quarters of a pound in a receiver pack. Um, and, you know, there is, you, you, do, you can notice that in flight. Right. Um, but the BECs, the convenience level is where it's at. I mean, that is, there's no question where it's at. This is all assuming that uh, if we're just going to compare a regular receiver pack to a BEC, that we're talking about like high voltage servos. Because with a 2S LiPo, the only way you're going to be able to just straight plug it in is if you're running all high voltage servos. If not, then you're going to have to mess with putting a regulator on there as well. That, in my mind, you know, then you get into that balance of, well, you've just introduced another electronic device. Right. And, and you know, there's another argument against BECs, which is there is a potential for failure that, there. I mean, Castle had a really bad run with them. Um, Gryphon had some issues. I um, happened to catch up with a guy on the Compass forums. Man, that poor guy, he had a Gryphon go out and it passed all 44.4 volts input voltage oh. through to his electronics in the air. Yeah. And totaled, it was about $1,600 worth of damage. Um, so that's, that's tough. I mean, that's really rough. And there is a price that you pay for convenience. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the, the big things to consider. I think once I run all BECs, you know, only because I was there to, you know, bench test <laughs> that BEC that you've got. Mm -hmm. I know the way that it was designed, and they can be designed. Uh, Western Robotics uh, and our Perfect Regulator one was designed with that in mind to where um, if a failure was to happen, it would be um, just shut off, not pass all the input voltage. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's just kind of a toss-up. So for the new people, definitely just go with the receiver pack until you get comfortable. There is a little bit of a way around that with, you know, depending on how you wire it in. I guess that's another big topic is, okay, do I run my BEC off of 12S? If it's 12S capable, do I wire it in that way? Or do I just run it off one of my flight packs? So I'm running it off a of 6S. Um, that gives you the option to plug in that pack first, arm the receiver, arm the fly barless system, um, make sure everything's all hunky-dory, and then plug in the other one. So then you can still um, do some setup on the bench and be safe. It's just a little bit more of a, can be potentially a little bit more of a wiring hassle. There's a little more wire involved with the length of the wires. Um yeah, that one's just that one is all on layout, you know, how you want to lay it out. And I think a lot of it stems from the early Castle BECs that had problems. Well, okay, even the current ones, they don't, they rate them for 50 volts, but no one runs them on uh, full 12S because they do have issues. So they recommend to run them on 6S. Yeah, I do on, on uh, Fusion, I run the BEC that I've got on a 6S. Oh, okay. Uh, and I do find that very convenient to be able to plug in one side of the battery and uh, let the uh, uh, the B-Stacks initialize, you know, 
and then go on from there. Yeah, that's that's probably the best happy medium between the two. And the advantage with the with the BEC is that you can, um, you know, you have on most of them you have an adjustable output voltage, so you can you know set them at eight volts or six volts or you know whatever, just depending on the brand. And there there is the option for running a life pack for a receiver pack to get the voltage down to 6.6 that's still very popular yeah as well too it's just a it's a convenience versus if you want a hundred percent the most reliable um less potential for failure then yeah a receiver pack is probably the best bet although i've seen them go bad too actually saw one at othello guy was having some problems turned out to be a bad receiver pack so that's another thing to, uh, for you guys who are wondering to keep in mind um, when you're looking at this system you got to kind of decide do you want to run a life pack because that does eliminate the need for a regulator there's there's options out there and here you know here's the here's the trick there's no one right answer there's you know you got to make sure you wire everything pr properly and and uh, kind of have a basic idea of what you're doing but it really comes down to what you want to do Mm -hmm. Um, I've always kind of been of the philosophy to do kind of what those that are around you are doing just simply from the standpoint that if you run into problems or you need assistance, they're going to be able to help you because if you're running the same system, essentially, then they'll, they'll know what's going on. They'll, they'll be able to help you diagnose problems, potential problems. Yeah. So figure, figure out what those guys around you are running. And if it seems suitable, go ahead and do it. Or if you want to run against the grain and do something different, by all means, do that too. There are a couple, a couple of weird quirks though that I guess we should mention, and it hasn't been a problem in the past. Um, I guess talking about power requirements, mm -hmm. um, the you know like the Western Robotics and the Perfect Regulators, they'll crank out ten amps continuous. They're peaking at fifteen twenty amps on the burst. Uh, power monsters. I mean, yeah. so they can deliver it. But there was, um, I should say was, is an issue with some of the Savix high-voltage servos. Yeah. Um, under full tilt, they're peaking at 20 amps. So they were actually shutting down V-bars and almost shutting down B-Stexes um, in the air, getting brownouts on them. So... I mean, be aware that if you're going to start messing with some of the newer, you know, newer to the market, high voltage servos, it's not like in the case of, you know, normal electronics, where if your voltage goes up, then generally your amperage goes down for the same given output. Servos are not that way. As the voltage goes up, the amperage that they draw will generally go up too, because they're putting out a lot more torque and a lot more power. So just kind of be aware of that. Those servos, um, you cannot, I would not recommend running them on a BEC. Now, they're an instance, a receiver pack. It'll take it all day long. It's no big deal. Right. It can handle those spikes without a problem. So just kind of be aware, you know, if you're going to jump on the bandwagon of a new brand of servo, do a little bit of research first um, and, and make sure that what you got will handle it. You know, the... The power bus thing, I don't buy into it. There was a big, big hoo-ha. You know, Skookum came out with their power bus, and that seemed to be what started it. Um, 
for the record, I it's my opinion that I don't feel that the power bus was ever for actual power distribution. What it was was that running a power bus allowed you to plug all your servo wires into that. You had less wires going up to the fly barless unit, which would transfer transfer vibration less. Okay. So that was the big advantage to it. Then people kind of transferred that over into the Beast X. Oh, that little thing. Oh, man, I can't run all the servos on it. That bus bar in there is rated for something crazy, like 60 amps. It's ridiculous. So that whole big thread that was on HeliFreak about, oh, I need to do this, and how do you wire it for you know, high voltage? Nothing. You just plug it in. You know, make sure you have a redundant power source. So whatever you're coming out of, even if you're going to do a receiver pack, you know, and you got like your EC3 or whatever on the end of it, coming out off the other side of that, make sure you have two servo leads, one going up into your fly barless unit, one going into your receiver, or two going into your fly barless unit. You know, don't try and pass all the power over one servo plug. Absolutely. Yeah, and that... I've always done that, and I don't know. It just intuitively, to me, that mm-hmm. seemed, seemed the thing to do. And if you're going to look for a switch to turn on, because that's an, kind of another convenient thing, like mm-hmm. with a receiver pack, is if you can have a switch on it, make sure that you look into, don't just put like the old school regular on-off switch. Those are a bad idea. There's a reason that they failed on all the, you know, people running them on their Furies and all those old helis, and they were going out all the time. Like, it was a... It was a yearly thing that that was good maintenance was to replace your switch every year. Okay. Um, look for, uh, it's called like a fail-safe switch. So it's a switch that when it fails, it will fail in the on position. So generally the little switch that you turn on is a micro switch. And you can take that little micro switch and smash it with a hammer, but the unit will default to on. And that, friends, is the problem with the Align 2-in-1. Yes, it is. The problem, yes. like the problem with the line two and one. You smash that little display unit, you get nitro in there, that little switch breaks, and you got yourself a chicken dance. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, tell me this, Nick. When you when you're you mentioned doing the research, um, where would you? Where I mean, I know that you're going to say the forums, but do you look for the specific, um, uh, you know, manufacturer forum? Uh, to find this information, I mean, I wouldn't even begin to know, like you mentioned the HV uh, Savox servos and the mm-hmm. IAMTRA. Now, the reason I knew about that is because Jake uh, did some testing and he found that that was happening on his Goblin. Mm-hmm. But let's say before all this podcast stuff and uh, I was here all by myself and I, where, where would I go to even find this information? It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy stuff to find. Usually, the easiest way to track down the source is to think about what the end result is going to be. So if you're if you're dealing like with a BEC, right, that shuts down and browns out your V-bar, mm-hmm. there you go. That's the big key. What's the end result? My V-bar shut off. So who's going to get the first blame? V-bar. V-bar. Go into the V-bar forum. And it was actually Mr. Mel that did a lot of the original testing and had to prove that it wasn't the V-bar causing the problems, and then they backtracked it to the servos. That's why it wasn't big in the Beast X forum, because for some just freak of a reason, 
That beast X would hold. I don't know if the if there's some capacitors in there that are just slightly bigger, but it would hold that voltage or its brownout voltage was maybe a tenth or a hundredth of a volt uh, lower than the than the V bar one was, and it didn't brown out on. Okay. So try and just if you're struggling to find it, um, Google's always your friend, but go go for the end result. What's the first thing that you're going to blame it on? You're going to blame it on a lockout on your radio, or you're going to blame it on your fly barless system? They always take the brunt. Right. It's funny this that actually coincides excellent with our last episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When you when you're looking at the forums, uh, you got to be smart about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so often we just see uh, off the cuff, you know, rants about mm-hmm. products that aren't even causing the problem. No, not even close. But, you know, the, the good part is, is that eventually, once you weed through all the crap, the, the true reason will come out. Uh, it just might take a really long time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. You kind of have to hold out for for those people like Mr. Mel, you know, that that put the time and the effort in to actually find the real reasons and do the bench testing on it. Absolutely. So guys, I guess what it boils down to is you just kind of just got to decide what kind of system you want to run. Do you do you want to have to deal with the receiver pack? Or do you just want to go with the BEC and um there's really no wrong answer. No, not at all. Um just choose which one you like and, and go with it and learn it and understand it. Whatever makes you feel the most comfortable is going to be the right answer. Yep. Because you got to have that confidence. Well, guys, that, that's pretty much about uh, about it for our topic tonight. And, you know, we kind of had a lot, a lot of other stuff to talk about because it's been a couple weeks since we've done a show. And um, But there are a few things we want to talk about that have to do with the show, some things to look forward to. We've got some ideas one question that I've gotten many, 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 many times is, can you guys do more episodes? And my initial thought to that is no, (laughs) (laughs) because the, you know, the effort that goes into just putting into one episode is, is rather large, but we're thinking about putting together maybe some additional content based on the, the podcast itself separate from the podcast, but you know, it, it won't interrupt with your regularly released Monday show. Um, look for that to be different. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to really give it away yet, but look for it to be more informative, not as much joking around. Um, certainly won't be for everybody, but there are a bunch of you out there that I think will get a lot out of it. Uh, look forward to that soon. Um, we've actually, we're actually quite, quite a ways into this project and, um, it won't be too long. I would imagine we'll be talking more about it. So look, look forward to that. Also to just a quick recap, the next three episodes going to be kind of different. Just kind of play along with us and (laughs) kind of come along for the ride and see what happens. Uh, I suspect everything's going to turn out wonderfully and, um, really looking forward to getting out to some fun flies in the next few weeks and uh, mingling and getting to meet some of you guys and hanging out at, uh, at these fun flies. So other than that, you know, the Facebook page kind of, uh, you know, it's still growing. It, it yeah. kind of goes in spurts. We're kind of in one of the slower spurts now, but 
Last I checked, I think we were at like 1,067, something like that. Mm-hmm. As always, we encourage you guys to let your friends know about us. Uh, word of mouth, it's the best way people are going to get to know about us. Uh, don't be afraid to share us with your friends, your wives, your kids, your coworkers. Well, you know, maybe not all those people, but you know. Random strangers. Random strangers. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you know, they'll only look cross-eyed at you for a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as soon as you walk away from them, it's in the past. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Hey, the more the more it gets shared, the more people that listen gives us the more opportunity to just do bigger and better stuff. And that's the one thing that I really can't emphasize enough. Man, we've got some big plans. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, along with big plans comes a lot of uh, hard work and... Um, we're going we're gonna to do everything we can to provide you guys with the content that you that you look forward to on a regular basis. And on top of that, we're looking forward to supplying you guys with different types of content that you will enjoy just as much. And uh, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it. Very excited about it. So look forward for these, these little things that will just pop up on occasion. Uh, as always, you know, you can check us out on our... Uh, forum got any ideas suggestions feel free to post them up there Leave yeah don't be shy yeah don't if be you want to hear people on the show uh, ideas topics that you want you know discussed uh don't be shy at all i would also like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners in australia um happy to announce that we've kind of uh, made an informal working agreement with r kelly uh, you're going to start seeing us post over there a little more frequently. Um, we've just kind of decided that it would be, you know, our listener base in Australia has been growing tremendously. And um, so we're going to start being a little more proactive there. Looking forward to interacting with some of you convicts down there. So. Hmm. <laughs> Other than that, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at Dan K. Reed on all the forums or Dan at RC Haley Nation. If you wanted to get in touch with Jake, you could do that at jake at rchalionation.com. You can also go to Jake RC to see what he's been doing. He's got his own blog going on. If you wanted to get in touch with Rob, you could do that at Rob at rchalionation. He's also got the front porch. You'd be sure to check that out. Links to that are on our webpage. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Easiest ways, Nick at rchalionation.com. Or you can catch me on all the forums as uh, NWM Tech. Sounds real good, guys. Well, another episode. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. And we will see you guys again next Monday for Fabulous 40. Yeehaw! Yeehaw!